You need something to sleep on. We have something for you to sleep on. We have a mattress. We have bedding. We have something for you to fall asleep in and stay asleep in for a significant period of time. Why, I'm talking about the Is This Tomorrow mattress. That's the Is This Tomorrow mattress available at isthistomorrow.com. Aside from being a decades-long, hilarious webcomic, Is This Tomorrow has branched out into bedding for human beings. Bedding that surpasses the previously tried and failed bedding materials such as pencil shavings, golf balls, or bags of balloons. You're not a squirrel. You can't sleep on pencil shavings. And if you can, are you a squirrel? This is not just an academic question. Are you a squirrel? If so, please contact us. The Is This Tomorrow mattress expands from the size of a matchbook to a full king-size mattress. Advanced polycarbonate materials are employed in the manufacture of our bedding. The Is This Tomorrow mattress should only be opened in a very large enclosed space. While wearing a gas mask, you should probably have a priest present. Under no circumstances should you jump up and down on the mattress. It was manufactured in a jet aircraft factory. But I don't need a king-size mattress. Okay, I hear you. Don't yell. All you have to do is cut the king-size mattress down to the size you want. Queen. Full. Fraternal twin. Crib. Manger, doll bed, Barbie with no legs, thrift store keychain, or the popular amoeba size bed. The Is This Tomorrow matchbook size jet aircraft factory manufactured mattress, which should only be opened in an enclosed space while a priest is present, is available at isthistomorrow.com for the very low price of $9.99. No returns or refunds are accepted. Once again, that's Is This Tomorrow at isthistomorrow.com. He's not here because he, he can't dance to this. Right. He can't set up his cameras and 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 then film himself dancing. In, dancing Renee, just to confirm, Tony landed. Dancing other, Renee is not here, right? He was not dancing the band in front of us. Okay. It's in fact blocking the band as much as physically possible. <laughs> I mean, he was literally standing, like touching shoulders with Deborah. All right, we're rolling. Yeah. Welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And once again, we are here live at Laser Wolf. Let's hear everyone out there live at Laser Wolf. And our special guest tonight is our host since we've been doing this at Laser Wolf, Mr. Chris Bellis. So let's hear it, everyone, for Chris Bellis from Laser Wolf. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Chris. And uh, Barry, before anything else, we have to—we didn't officially acknowledge that 
now we're, we've officially been doing this for a year now. Yes, we have. This last episode was thank you, Chris. Episode fifty-two, which uh, this week technically would be the one year though, because we doubled up on one last last yeah, year. Yeah, but one year, so we've officially been doing it a year. And when did we start doing Laser Wolf? So we've been doing Laser Wolf for a while. For a yeah. while. Yeah, I don't know too. how many. I mean, six or I mean, it's gonna be eight. He can, I'm sure that six he eight. can look for his. He Chris can look at his profit and loss statements on Wednesdays. <laughs> oh yeah, because Wednesdays through the roof when we, we do Wednesdays. We consistently do ten dollars better. <laughs> Uh, but the, consistently, the, the word is consistently, though, Chris. Through the floor, I think, is the more the... All right, so, Chris, tell us a little about this thing you have going here, the laser wolf and your invasive species, so tell us about that. <clears throat> yeah, so, short, because it's, I mean, I can talk about it all day, I guess, uh, Jordan and we I... Have, we don't have all day. Yeah, Jordan that. and I, you know, Jordan's my brother, we started Laser Wolf with, uh, we, we originally had a third partner who isn't a partner anymore, we bought him out and got rid of him. Good. Um... Was it Dancing Renee? It was not Dancing Renee. Uh, I mean, not far from, I guess, but as far as wanting to hang out with him. Uh, yeah, so anyway, we just had this idea to do this, you know, beer bar thing. We just started kind of getting into craft beer at the time. We found, you know, we knew this building as uh, the Mud House back in the day. Right. You know, in the 90s, I was in high school hanging out here. And that was a punk rock club? Punk rock, coffee house. Um, I mean, punk rock, I guess, but just hard rock music in general. Like, you, you okay. could see four or five bands for five bucks. And right. as a kid, yeah, you know, with yeah. no money and, you know, right. we could smoke weed in the parking lot and drink our beers that we brought in our car and then come watch you know, right. a bunch of local bands. And it was good, you know, like Jack Off Jill and, you know, like all the, right. I think, spooky kids was around back then. And, um, load, which you guys talked about uh, absolutely. last time. Yes, um, we did. So lots of good stuff, and you know, so we knew the space. It worked out. The price is right. It's tiny. It's affordable for us at the time. And it's become a, uh, and it's become a beloved fixture of downtown for a lot of them. Uh, we like to think so. Wait, years, and then you also have invasive species. Yeah, coming up on two years uh, in July. So we opened a brewery with two of our our friends um, who are good at brewing, and Jordan and I are more of the. Consuming. Drinking, consuming, uh, you know, visual kind of, you know, conception part of it. Um, yeah, so Phil Gillis and Josh Levitt, they uh, are brewers over there, and so far nice. so good. We're kicking ass, and they make really awesome. Yes, you guys I are like beer moguls, uh, you and Jordan. Which, by the way, we're Jordan. Yeah, don't use the word mogul because there's, <laughs> we have someone that doesn't that uses that word that's not. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're um, proprietors, <laughs> proprietors. You know, I just I don't have a boss, which is good. That's my favorite part. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jordan's not your boss. Jordan, By the way, well, I mean, kind we're, of Jordan's okay, but we are. That record got me high. Is Team Chris all the way? Just so you yeah. know, if there's ever something between the brothers, you and Jordan, we're Team. Well, Chris. Jordan is right now is having surf and turf. Surf and turf with yeah. his girlfriend. Because right. God forbid he could stick around and watch his brother do a podcast. <laughs> you know, we we work well together because sometimes we work on our own. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I get he it. gets things done. And a but, lot during the day, I do this kind of stuff, and you know. Your parents are your parents still around? Yeah, my both. Yeah, both your my parents mom and dad must are be so around. proud of you guys. Yeah, for sure. Right? My dad helped us out a lot, uh, building like doing the physical like build out of the bar. And, oh, nice. And money and stuff like that. Because <laughs> probably you your know. parents probably <laughs> thought, especially you, that you weren't going to amount to anything. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, they looked into the long hair. And, <laughs> Um, so they must be super proud. I mean, you ask my dad, he'll tell you, you know, I, I think it's a stupid idea, but I'll help you and we'll see what happens. That's awesome. Um, no one's going to drink, you know, $8 beers, and, right. you know, in the middle of nowhere <laughs> on the railroad tracks where a train goes by every three minutes. But but, but he helped you anyway and he supported you, he which is, that's, support a, us, that's a dad. My that's mom an has awesome always, dad. Yeah, my mom and my stepdad have always been super supportive as well. That's great. Uh, so, yeah. They, that's I mean, awesome. My mom comes to so a lucky. lot of events, too. So. That's a, God forbid you had the life me and Barry had growing up. <laughs> yeah, luckily, yeah. I mean, for, <laughs> Things might be It, very it all different. worked out. I have, a, yeah, I have a loving parents and, yeah. I, and, a, yeah, and a good work. relationship. All right, so, you, so you've been so you've been here for all our, obviously, all our live at Laser Wolves, and you've seen the records we've done, and then finally we're putting you on the hot seat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love this. It's awesome. I'm uh, happy, and, to, happy to be here. And luckily, you picked a, a good record to talk about. 
So yeah, we don't have to, it's not a struggle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. I mean, this is probably my favorite record, I think. You know, it's hard to pick one, but right. I, I listen to it all the time. Um, you I were going, yeah, you were going through a couple of records, you were hard to think, but you came up with this one because this was your your record. This was your record at the time, and we're talking, what are we talking about? What's the record? Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins Gish. Right. The first debut album. First album, yeah. I wouldn't even say they're my favorite band, but I just, I really like right. this album. This record, all right, so this record came out in 1991, uh, May 1991. How old were you when this record came out? Let's figure it out. I'm what year were you born? It's, 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 it's not even it's not so you were multiplication uh, 13. Or okay, 13. All right, you were 13. I'm, I'm not a 12 or 13. Person, now, did you, <laughs> now, did you did you discover this record right when it came out? I don't think right when it came out, but probably my eighth grade, maybe ninth grade. So oh, okay, 15 okay. 15 years old, 16 years but, old, I guess. But this was the first the Smashing Pumpkins record you listened to, or did you listen to Siamese Dream? I think I saw probably that ice cream truck video on MTV for. From Siamese Dream was a today, today, I think, right, and, uh, and it's just, that, I mean, that video, like, visually, just so, I mean, the music's great, and that kind of helped me find Smashing Pumpkins, I guess, but I was already into Nirvana, and I was into, like... Oh, okay, so you, you know, were, you know, so you were into those bands, but I, something... I just started getting into, like, you know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, like, all right. that kind the of stuff. The grunge thing. The, the grunge stuff, you know, because you know, we listened right. to hair metal before that, you know, like, Guns N' Roses isn't really hair metal. Well, I get, you know. okay, Guns N' Roses is going to come up. Okay. Again, in this <laughs> yeah, podcast. well, metal <laughs> has to come up because, and especially yeah. because they weren't the thing about Smashing Pumpkins are they kind of skirted uh, the different things. They they didn't really fit in with all those other bands, the grunge no. bands that you mentioned, right? And they they definitely had elements of like I never metal. Thought, yeah, I never thought of them as a really a heavy band, but I like the heaviness of them. And right. now, as you know, I listen to more music and I am a little bit more into metal. Um, I like a little bit of everything, but right. I never really considered uh, Billy Corgan like a guitar god kind of thing. You know, the songs are so, like, especially this but album. But he is a, he totally a guitar is. god. I mean, because, you know, I confess, we watched some live footage, and I wasn't sure before the first guitar solo who was going to be the soloist because I'd never paid attention. Right, right. And I was like, oh, it's him. It's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's Much a, he's, like um, when we did the Weezer. Uh, right. Rivers Cuomo, same thing. Same thing. Yeah, same right, you guys thing. talked about that a lot, which, you know, I... I agree with is you know that he has a hand in everything that that musically that happens with the pumpkins. I mean, oh, absolutely! You know, he, oh, everything. Yeah. he plays everything but yeah. the drums. Right. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Chamberlain doesn't need any help, I don't think. But oh, that's you know, that's well, one well, thing that's... that he can't like do better. I think you know no, well, that he never an, tried to. Uh, now, many that's another thing that has to be so, mentioned: the drumming on this record. Great, great drumming, yes, oh. and the great drum sounds and great sounds in general. In fact, um, my lovely wife Susan and I, who appears in every podcast, she's actually here. For this one trademark she's, is Susan she's not she has not left the building <laughs> she talked about the sonically how what a pleasant record it was to listen to yeah. and that it has a very um it's just the word chill it's not a chill record it's but very the heavy, sound but it's sweet at it's the same time. exactly and the word I, I i came up with i said it's is that it sounds like they smoked a lot of weed when they were <laughs> oh it does because right? recording this because it's the kind of sounds that sound particularly good when you're stoned that, yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. That's part of, <laughs> I mean, a lot of these, that's why this called The Record Got Me High, right? I mean, a lot of this is... Uh, yeah, right. Well, ever, you know, the, you know, the feeling you get from stuff, but it helps... Right, I guess I'll turn down the outside mic so that we don't have to listen to the train yeah. go by. I kind of like the train, but you okay. Do? Okay, right. well, we'll let it go by, but once it finally <laughs> shows sponsor. up... We'll listen for the screams... Thanks, Bright FEC. Line. Yeah. Thanks, Brightline. Did anyone get hit by the Brightline this time? No. Not, not this week. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it if you're thinking of yeah. doing it. But uh, yeah, the, to go back to the drum sound real quick, you know... How it's pretty common knowledge that there's a thousand. There's a thousand. Uh, are you sure about that, Rob? Okay, I'm right. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a thousand tracks on every guitar. You know, yes, yes, riff yes, and yes. you know, very very produced the way that Billy Corgan does his stuff. Um, Once again, with the phone, <laughs> Rob can't seem to turn his phone off. But such important know. phone calls have to happen. 
But same, you know, same with the drums and recording. Like you, yeah. if you listen to any interviews about like you know recording with Butch Vig or whatever, and very meticulous. Where, yeah, the sounds are very specific on every part of the drum kit. That you know, it's, yeah. oh, it's you yeah. know, they got. And I'm I'm gonna say that there are some specific sounds on this album that are specifically meant to emulate sounds from other records. And there's one in particular where I was like, I know exactly where that sound comes from, and okay. it's, it might. Be, I showed it to Susan on what? the way up here, and she, I was like, I'll uh, hit you guys with it when we get there. Was it cla- was it from like a classic rock band though? It I'm is, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought because what I was saying was, uh, production wise, the thing is they came uh, they came up in this grunge scene, but uh, production wise they were more similar to like bands like Queen or Thin Lizzy or uh, Judas Priest. Well, you okay? Like this- <laughs> Thin Lizzy, right. you mentioned them because there's a Thin Lizzy thing, and I think in the first song I heard a bit, I was like, oh, that's that's Lizzy, the twin guitar thing going, right, and I was right. like, oh, that's Phil Lynott and Co. You know. Right. Doing their thing, and it's probably Billy playing both. both well, it basically is well, because it's, yeah, does it's, he do it's all, basically he, well known that he played all the guitars and the bass on this record. Does he do it on all the records? Uh, he I, did. I know he, he plays the bass on most of the records. Yeah, yeah. right. As far as, as far as recordings, I don't sure think James E. Uh, I don't think James E. I think James E. Uh, was Sorry. a was a there fine guitar is. player, was an okay guitar player, but he wasn't. Anywhere near the guitar player Billy Corbin was. Uh, right. Corgan. I, I'm going to keep calling him yeah. Billy Corbin. He probably didn't get much of a chance he did, though, knowing. I, no, that's yeah, going to no, be my yeah, thought, too. Yeah, is I'm that sure he did. The, the control freak aspect probably right. takes over. Yeah, yeah, it did. And hey, man, why don't you take a break and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, work. Yeah. <laughs> I go outside. Go down, you know, smoke, have a smoke and keep expecting. You're like, oh, no, don't worry about it. I have this. Yeah. Those are done. I got yeah. this. Yeah. All right, yeah, so Barry, when did you when did uh, Smashing Pumpkins? Did, did they didn't come. See, you're probably like me, where they didn't probably come fully onto your radar. You obviously knew about. You had to know about them in the '90s. Because well, I did. They became you. Yeah, sure. But I, I think the biggest fan I know of is our friend Tommy Hamilton, because he um, he was in the band Gruel in Tallahassee, and his guitar sound has some of that tweaky edge that's in these guitar sounds. Right. And so, he, which is awesome. It, I mean, it is. Yeah. yeah. There's a way to get that sound and. But and they do it here a lot. I feel uh, like there's more trains than usual tonight. What the hell is with all the trains? Progress. <laughs> Another bright line. Um, yeah. So uh, I remember. All right. Uh, something happened with them uh, after this record came out. That, that here that was kind of cool because I remember they were playing. They were coming to play at a club uh, called Washington Square, which was a short-lived club around three years on South Beach and it was a, it was an awesome uh, rock club and they were playing in like late 1991 and my band the Holy Terrors tried to get uh, open for them but they were touring with this other band and then by the time they were coming they said nah they, they don't need to add a third band they're okay and what happened which this happens to bands sometimes sometimes bands are on a tour and they be they start becoming huge they blow up right and so, and so all of a sudden all of a sudden all these rooms is, they're yes. booked in yeah. is like there's no room that for happened them. in Nirvana remember we were in Dallas we were in Dallas in like 92. We went to visit my dad, and they said that we were in this club watching a Bob Mold acoustic set. Boring. And <laughs> oh, sacrilege. Yeah. I believe it. No, I believe it, but that, that is sacrilege. Loud and boring. Oh. So, um, and they said, oh, yeah, Nirvana was here last week, and the place was totally packed, and it was just insane. There was just people were going nuts. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what happened so to they, them. So, I actually went there. I know a lot of people were at that show, and, and, and I was there, but I remember 
I went in a little bit. The place was over because when clubs would do this, they would overfill the clubs. It was it was a safety hazard. And I've I've always been like an older. I, I was what in my Somebody's late twenties. Got to go pay the fire. Marshal. I was a dad already. I'm thinking I don't want to get killed. Yeah, right. In a stampede because of a fire at a stupid right. smashing pumpkin show. Right. So well, I that, didn't go in. It was that gig here. What was it? The KMFDM show we went to. Where was it? What what club was that? What's the one behind Sears Town? Why were you what? guys at a KMFDM show? This is good. Really? Yeah. The drum, the bass player was Bill Rieflin, who was the drummer in ministry, who was involved in this thing called Guitarcraft oh, that okay, I was okay. part of. So, long but story, it, but the club we were like, Susan was like, I'm not going in that room. <laughs> right. I didn't. So I didn't. I, I admitted fully. The the first band was on, and I said, This is ridiculous already. I'm I'm so bye. And then I I didn't. So I didn't get to see them. And uh, but I always from I always appreciated them. But I will be honest, I never listened to this whole album until now. Yeah. Until, until you no, know. me That's either. Great. I mean, I, I thought about that guy kind of consciously, hoping that you guys hadn't really been that into it because I think yeah. it's right. like, once you do listen to, it, I think it's a really great album that it most is. people would it like. It is, and musically, and it's hard if you see them live too. Not to cut you off, but like, I think if you would have saw them live, okay you might come. not have liked them but as you much have to lean into because them they're like. not that great. Like Billy Corgan's voice. It's very hit or miss. Oh, I know. Live. Yeah, see, that's... Uh, and it, I know, I've seen It that. starts to yeah. run away so bad sometimes, and then he brings it in for certain words. Right. Like, he's, what I like about his lyrics, or his uh, voice, really, is, like, the way he the way he makes a, a lyric isn't what it... Like, if you read it, it's not what he's saying, but it is. You know, it's like... Right. He's I, very good at, like, you know, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, to make sounds out of, out uh, of Yeah, words, no, but. I know what you mean exactly. When you read on paper, it sounds like, oh, this is just like poetry, like high, bad high school poetry. Like, oh, that's what he says? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but the way he sings, he uses the words almost like another instrument. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that was always my, my big rap with him was that I just didn't like it. I didn't think he was a good singer. And basically, I will, I will say... Uh, Billy Corgan and uh, the Red Hot, Anthony Kiedis, Red Hot Chili, uh-huh. probably two of the worst singers that were in bands that were hugely Very successful. Yeah, I think that Billy Corgan's a better singer than Anthony yeah. Kiedis. Well, I think well, anyone, I think, I, I think you're a better singer than Anthony <laughs> yeah, Kiedis. Yeah, <laughs> me too. He has three notes and none of them are in tune. Right. I mean, but listening, but I will tell you, Chris, listening to this record made me kind of appreciate his voice a little more because yeah. it fits. If you're a fan, you'll like it live. You have to be a fan of the recorded stuff well, like to like the live stuff. He also obviously kind of. works on it in the studio. 100%. Oh, yeah, and, so yeah studio. Like, we, we didn't mention this album was produced by Butch Vig, yep. which uh, is a legendary producer. And actually, never mind, I didn't release uh, this. So this record came out in May 1991, never mind, which big. Butch Vig also uh, produced came out in September 1991. Right. So, and that's sort of that's when everything broke, and all of a yeah. sudden. And I'm know. gonna wonder. Butch was the one of the first ones to use um, this Mac program called Sound Tools, which was the digital, you know, 16-bit, but it was a way to work with audio. The first computerized like desktop audio app. And so there's some things on Nevermind where you can sort of. Um, you can sort of line up. You can take a couple of choruses and line them, lay them on top of each other. Oh right, right. right. Well, yeah, I mean, that, action that goes to yeah. I mean, the layers of tracks on this album alone. I mean, it's insane. And, and the and Butch Vig even says not to take anything anything away from Butch, but you know, Billy Corgan was like, "Here's how we're going to do this record." Oh yeah, you know, yeah. he had it all in his yeah, mind. Yeah, he, and they did it in like three months. And it's, in, I mean, to me, that seems pretty fast for like for that's how much. That sounds like a lot to me. I'm very for how many for how many tracks on each instrument that he every song yeah, right, is like right. twelve tracks yeah, well, on read, each instrument. You know? Yeah, I read one one song on here. I forget which one has like seventeen like feedback guitar tracks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And that's you know, and that's another way it's hard to do it live. You don't think of them as like such a studio band when you right. hear them, and then but, you're right. like, oh but shit. But still, okay. I, in seeing some live videos, you could tell they were still a really good band. They were a band that could play. Yeah, it's a live, musically they could all yeah, play. Right. Oh, well, especially Jimmy Chamberlain. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, no it must be said it. he he wasn't just a good drummer. He's probably like one of the best rock. Well, remember what I said last time. week? It was like you can put basically any crap over a great drum beat as long as it's a great drum beat and it's listenable. But you could have the best stuff in the world, and there's a shitty drummer shitty underneath drummer, that you're like. Right. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, all right. So, uh, Darcy, let me. Uh, I want to ask you this. Did you have? Because I'm assuming any kid of a certain age had a huge crush on her, uh, Darcy. So, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that's not Darcy? why I liked the band, but she no, was definitely cute. Yeah, yeah, she was I'm like the per- Yeah, I mean, she was the perfect like '90s like short hair, you know, bleach blonde. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cute, you know, just chill, you know, bass player. Yeah. 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 Totally, I yeah. feel like the same way, Barry. Do you have like uh, a Debbie Harry? Like I, when I was. A, I, a I know. Harry I did not and, have a crush on Debbie Harry or Joan Jett. But my my friend, damn, those girls are going out of that Hey, pipe down, pipe down. And uh, hey, do you girls have your own podcast going on right, out there? They are arguing. What is going on? Smoke what's a cigarette. The name, chill what's out. the name of your podcast, Kelsey? Kelsey talks art. Kelsey talks art really loud. No, it's all right. Go ahead. So you're fine. You're fine. Um, Billy, my friend Billy Taylor, who comes up in every podcast, he had a huge crush on like a sort of. Almost frightening crush on Debbie Harry, where I was like, "Dude, you realize that you, she's not gonna no." no. <laughs> but how did you? You didn't have a crush on her? No, I thought she was. I think she was hot, but it just wasn't. I just who did you have, I didn't, who'd I didn't you have, have crush crushes on, on rock chicks. Oh, it you wasn't didn't? my thing. No. Oh, okay. Um, it just was not my thing. Okay, I understand. I respect that. Yeah, I never. Yeah, I didn't really. It was cool. One love, she, Barry. It wasn't like, all oh, love matters. Barry stopped coming out on that record. More cool than a crush kind of thing. You know? I didn't. It, it was just never occurred to me. Like, oh. Um. I, but also, I will say that she, all, even though she didn't, obviously live, you see her. She she could play. She yeah. could play the bass. She wasn't like this, you know. Uh, yeah, she was in a yeah, few well, other virtual right. shows. Well, but she was I solid. Noticed the live stuff. Like it was like a '93 show or something. We were watching from from Europe or. It was a oh, Reading, Reading Festival. Yeah, was a yeah, she seemed to be playing great. And, yeah. But then there were a lot of stories about her really being a total d- disaster um, per- personally. Yeah, I mean, so, how much of that is them not all getting along and how much, you know, her and James dated and, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, oh, that's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody knows remember what, yeah. <laughs> what happens with that. And Robin, yeah. Robin Fausto dated for a while. It was but, a yeah, it didn't work out. It's basically broke. <laughs> she, it's what broke Shark Belly Sisters up. But it seems like she fell yeah. off. But that and the royalty arguments about royalties. Them, you know? Yeah, yeah. After way after uh, she left the band, but uh, I, I was gonna say though, I, I, I feel like they were. An, she was an important part of the band though, just because uh, yeah, because of her, her her presence and especially her singing her behind attitude, and yeah. um, but then her singing behind uh, Billy on a lot of songs. Yeah. You've got yeah, those, background. She sings like one vocals. octave above him, that little sweet yeah, little voice, true, and true. it adds so much, and it yeah. makes uh, it. it makes a, a lot of the band yeah. and it's funny because you could tell Billy Billy Corgan had a specific idea of how he wanted his band to be because when they broke up remember Zwan he had that band Zwan what do you have he had a girl bass player had Paz <laughs> yeah. that girl Paz that plays with yeah, uh, yeah with the and he had David Pajo playing guitar oh and he basically God. put like that was his yeah. thing you yeah. know that was yeah. his thing he had to have a band like yeah. that so um, wow. it, it's funny it's funny to watch them in early interviews around this time like Gish and, and Siamese Dream, uh, where they all have the same kind of attitude. Like they were all, I feel like, on the same page as Billy in the beginning, as far as like being super angsty and like, oh, you're not gonna tell me what to do, man. Like everybody wants us right. to play this dumb yeah. shit. And, right, right. We're right. gonna do what we want, and like this yeah. is like their first album, and you're like, holy shit, these guys are like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they definitely, I think, helped feed Billy Corgan's 
attitude and, and right. Yeah, and ego a little obviously bit. Obviously, ego, but and he, he just kind of backed it up them. because they were a really good band. They're I'm sure. Super talented. I'm sure in their scene, they came up in Chicago in 1988. They were probably better than all these other shitty bands playing there. They were probably like this really yeah. good band. And they didn't get and a good reception probably, in Chicago. They, they didn't, right? They, they don't like. They don't claim any love for Chicago or like. Is they're like funny? that was not the scene. But no one in that yeah. scene wanted us around. That's not our scene. They're more like I'm gonna say they would have. They're more like an LA kind of thing. Like if you put them in LA and that the, the sounds and the attitude and everything, they're more like a West Coast band. Chicago is more like Meat Potato Cheap Trick, you know. Yeah, from Chicago. and they're not Meat and Potato. No. They're, they're not. not, not at all. <laughs> all right, so let's get in. Let's start getting into the record. Uh, the record starts out with the song "I Am One," which was also the single, the first single from the record. And uh, it's just the one song that James James Eha gets a, 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 writing, a co-writing credit, and that's important because it's basically the last co-writing oh, credit shit. that anyone ever got in this yeah. band. And well, you know, that, that's and, how you make the money is the publishing. Well, and it's funny that, that thing. Me and you Barry talk about how bands who don't uh, divide share the a writing share credit, it, they usually don't stay together. And, and there's go. an interview with Billy Corgan where he basically says that he said, you know, at the beginning I decided I was going to keep, and he said if I had split songwriting credits and did it, we 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 probably would have stayed together longer. Yeah. So um, I, I yeah. feel like he was smart. He's a really smart guy. He's an intelligent guy, and he's intelligent enough to know that he was being a dick. He just he just can't help himself. Well, the Weezer, what's his name from Weezer? Same thing, right? River Cuomo. River Cuomo. Yeah. It's like after the first record. Oh, yeah, it's his back. Fa- <laughs> I turned, I swear I okay, turned the volume down. I'm going to say, what I, is I what I'm, here's what I'm going to say. I don't know how to I break. don't care about your phone ringing, but I want you to change that fucking ringtone. <laughs> what? It's awesome. <laughs> it's ACDC. And it's just, it's not, it's not. Thunder, oh, you're going to say th- uh, Thunderstruck is not an awesome song. <laughs> it is, but, you know, pick it's something a little more aggro. It's something my, a little more. It's my phone, Barry. Search and destroy. I can't do what I want on my phone. Oh, I got to do something cool, edgier for you. Yes. All right, I'm going to put a Smashing if Pumpkin song on. you're going to make me listen to it in the show. I'm going to put I Am One, because this is That's a song. Fine. It's, all right, so let's talk about I Am One. It starts out with the amazing G- Jimmy Chamberlain. The drums come in, and then uh, probably Billy on bass. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but we'll pretend. All right, I Am One, as you are three, try to find a messiah in your trinity, your city to burn. Yes, you did, did this, Chris, did, did this come with a, with a, a lyric so sheet? I'm not a huge, uh, I probably had this on cassette. We talked about that a little bit Oh, yeah, that's earlier. right. You, you had know, it on so cassette. So I probably listened yeah, to this that, on cassette, um, which, you know, would have a liner note in it. Um, tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah, super tiny when, when I could see. Yeah. So you too. didn't get, it, it just sounded awesome, right? You know, and like, you know, this music's very, listen, you know, this album is, is pretty easy to listen to, so you don't necessarily need the liner notes, but right, it, uh, right. I, I just always thought it was like a really like sad and sweet record. Um, and the lyric, you know, the I'm an ex-Catholic, so I don't know about the Trinity stuff. You know, like there's a lot of, to me, I was like, I remember I had a, a girlfriend in high school that I think probably introduced me to this album and that we would hang out all the time. And she oh, just, really? Not like a girl. I mean, I guess we were kind of a girlfriend, but. What's her we, name? Um, What's her name? Say, um, <laughs> but you know, she got me into this and like Violent Femmes and uh, you know, go. like a lot of that kind of oh, alternative stuff so at the time. She was a cool girl. She was cool. She was cool super girl. cool. Still is, right. I'm sure. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But 
But yeah, the lyrics, you know, I, I just always remember just being like kind of just chill, like listening to it and just really just kind of chilling out and listening to these. But it was so heavy that you're like, oh, shit. Right. Like, oh. So when you listen to this, did this kind of change the what you listened to, you think, a little? Like, what did you listen to before this? What, what were you listening to um, So a little to bit of everything. I mean, Nirvana is, you know, pro- right, Nirvana's yeah, probably my favorite, you know, but this is, I think this is my favorite album. But, uh, you know, Nirvana, and then before that, you know, Guns N' Roses was super popular. Okay. Like Poison yeah. and so shit like were, that, like yeah. whatever was on the radio. And there's, there's oh, some um, hair metal textures in this record. There's some the, sort of some, finesse, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. there's a, just some of the some of the dramatics and the, of the music and the changes. Right. I'm like, man, I've heard that. Yeah. And the only thing I can trace it back to is like, yeah, a poison or right. guns or uh, like enough to get your attention. Like, right. But, but, but that's kind of where Billy's voice kind of sets it apart, though, because yeah. some true. songs I was listening to going, oh, I could imagine like Sebastian Bach oh, sure. singing. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah, almost yeah, fit yeah, that. Sure. But it's like Billy's coming in. It just takes it to a whole different place. Yeah, and the yeah. heaviness of it, because you know, like, because I would listen also to Primus, which is super bassy. But I like that, like, real bassy, yeah, yeah. heavy, like chug a chug kind of stuff. Right. And this was so layered, but so heavy, and so and then, layered but then and heavy, so and then riffs. It has like then, really, yeah. it has riffs like Lots all over melodies. the place. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it really does. So, so. yeah, it totally. It, I mean, it blew me away. I was just like, man, this is so different. Right. And then you know, and then Siamese Dream was also like very similar to this album. I feel like a little bit poppier, maybe, but still as heavy. And then I kind of like those are probably my two favorite albums, you know, because they were new to me then. Right. And uh, you know, so you were hooked different. from the first song. You were hooked, and then it goes yeah. into the second song, Siba, which also has got this Siba. killer guitar riff that opens up, and then it's this is a the double. There's the, another um, one. The riff that's in this song that's um, it, there's American Woman by the Guess Who. There's oh, a guitar okay, okay. part in here where I'm like, oh, there's the American Woman guitar solo. Right. And it, it's it's the sound, and and maybe that's up to Butch Vig. They said he would sit and work on guitar sounds for hours. Butch going. Yeah, if I try to work, you know, how did they get that sound? Because it's, I'm like, damn, that is American Woman, and yeah. so uh, um, there you go. Yeah, and I've never it, seen too many or, or heard any like influence necessarily from Billy Corgan. You know, I don't think he talks about that a lot. Of his guitar, but we talk Cream but. is in there. It's Cream and Eric Clapton in I, some of this. As well, well, also Hendrix. Can you hear some Jimmy There's Hendrix, some Hendrix in his yes. guitar? Like he because he is. likes to do a lot of his dive bombing and a lot. Yeah, of but the, the Hendrix stuff comes through I think comes through I think he likes Slash I think he likes the way Slash's guitar sounds and I think he likes the way Slash's solo sound okay yeah. but he's from Chicago too what about Prince Prince yeah, is a Prince. guitar playing yeah, I, yeah, see, I see a lot of Prince's sure. solo and his soloing right yeah. oh yeah you're right yes, yeah, Prince's solos are that. So yeah, I'm that thinking, but, he, but you're right I've never seen him like We're say that, that yeah, yeah, I've never heard him yeah. mention it and, right. so, and, and to go back real quick to I Am One is like I feel like the Chili Peppers kind of ripped off some of those Oh, chili like Peppers that. ripped off everything. Yeah, and believe like, me, we and Barry yeah, are never yeah, going to. Yeah, there's, like there's, the there's, um, there's a television there's a song in it that, reminds me that they much. just basically ripped off a television yeah. song, Soup to Nuts. And, oh, uh, a Gang of Four, too. The Gang of yeah. Four. Mm-hmm. yeah. We hate that. We hate uh, Chili Peppers. We <laughs> um, all right, so Siba, did any of you know that Siba is, or it, it also could be pronounced Shiba. It's either Shiba or Siba. The Hindu god of destruction and rebirth. And now, that, so I think it's kind of like uh, uh, the lyrics in this now one we are, are a little... Shiva, destroyer of worlds. That's what uh, Oppenheimer said when they bl- uh, set off the atomic bomb. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I spin off and lose my head, throwing stray a spark instead. Gather strength down in my heel and, and dig it, in, dig the it world in the world I, I heal. heal. Um, I don't live, I inhale. I don't give, I unveil. Don't want to live in your misery. I don't live, I inhale. Which also... 
<clears throat> I'm gonna go back to the. This record sounds like weed. This yeah. record. Does oh. not. <laughs> well, there are. I don't see it like that. I see it. This, I see this one as a little bit more of him being arrogant. Like, uh, but like he's like, that's what I saw too. Like I'm thinking. Oh, I could see him. Oh, yeah. I could see I, him. Yeah. Totally yeah. see him. Say, like, but don't make me do this. Like, it's kind of cool in a way for someone on their first album to already have this much. Yeah, arrogance, this is much. Though, yeah, right? for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's rock and roll. What's the point? That's the point, right? And it's got certainly born out over time. Has an amazing solo. Just a really killer guitar solo. It does. And and also this uh, they they do that loud quiet loud thing yeah. as good as anyone any yeah. band especially yeah the next yeah the next they don't verse, do it quite sure. as they don't do it in the way that makes you go you know pixies they don't oh do right it, yeah right? no you're yeah. right I know Whereas what you mean Nirvana yeah. does they Nirvana exactly goes, yeah. basically oh, we love the pixies right yeah they never Nirvana out. never tried to hide that fact <laughs> no, no I don't think at all but they do it more of a dynamic they're just really good at no uh, photos, dynamics man. and no bring photos. things what's wrong with you Come back on. and down and uh, alright so Chris but this we, part where it goes quiet is one of my favorite parts of the album and the song it's just like it goes from this heavy heavy yes, guitar and to then like super quiet where you gotta almost turn it up and then it comes back and sprinkle kisses and it's like it goes from yeah from like inhaling you and like being in charge to sprinkling kisses on your head now Chris I don't think I ever asked you do you play at all do you play I don't play any instruments did you be honest with me now because this show is all about honesty yeah, yeah. no just lie okay. like Except you with me and Barry like, just lie like you have been all along <laughs> it's not did you play I air tried. guitar would you play air guitar to this oh for sure I did today to yeah, I got other shows how many people played my... air guitar to this to the to the <laughs> everybody Tony outside. Lander I bet to see you raise there your hand you all 400 people outside yeah. are raising their hand right now <laughs> alright so I think at that note uh, calling everyone out we are going to take a little break about halfway point we're going to come back with Chris Bellis at uh, Laser Wolf, that record coming out. Are you guys still awake out there, Laser Wolf? All right. All right. Thanks, How's everybody. Kelsey's podcast We going? lost them. They, they, <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll be back in a minute. Hey, buddy. You need to relax. You've been working much too hard and taking too little time off. It's not good for your health. And your friends have begun to notice a change in your personality. No one wants to say anything to you because they don't want you to get upset. You remember what happened the last time you got upset. How did that work out for you? Your friends at Is This Tomorrow have a solution. We know what your problem is. You've been drinking shitty coffee, really shitty coffee. Fortunately, the coffee connoisseurs at Is This Tomorrow, a weekly webcomic available at isthistomorrow.com, are developing their own brand of coffee. It comes in an urn, just like when you get ashes back from a crematorium. Coincidentally, we roast our beans at a crematorium. We find that the high temperature and dry conditions make for a perfectly roasted coffee bean. Once the orderly has finished with his business for the evening, we sneak in with our bags of green coffee beans. They get roasted lickety-split. We let them cool in the back of our station wagon while we're driving to the bean grinding facility by the old nuclear power plant. We bag it up and brand it. Acme Riot Rum, the Is This Tomorrow Coffee Solution. Coincidentally, Acme Riot Rum is an anagram for crematorium. Acme Riot Rum is available at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. 
12 and 16 ounce bags are available. Once again, that's Crematorium uh, Acme Riot Rum Coffee, available at isthistomorrow.com, a weekly web comic since 1993. Welcome, everyone, again to That Record Got Me High. Once again, we are here live at Laser Wolf. Let's hear it, everyone, for Laser Wolf. And our awesome host, Chris Bellis, who is our host, and he is also our guest. Yeah, the really great thing is that Rob pronounced your name totally correctly. Bellis? Is that hard? (laughs) Well, for me, it is, yeah. I mean, I know that that it's a... uh, a challenge sometimes. A pronunciation challenge. He is. Speaking yes. of pronouncing things, we're on. We're talking about uh, Smashing Pumpkins' Gish, and we're on the third song, which Rhinoceros. is... Rhinoceros. yeah. And this is the record's epic, uh, the epic of the record, right? Because it's the longest song on this record, 6 minutes, 32 seconds. Wait. Okay. And it's All got right. the real dreamy opening. And I was thinking, uh, were you a... A Zeppelin fan at all, Chris? I know, yeah, yeah, I guess I like Led Zeppelin. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. Right, but I, I this, know where Rob's going with. Yeah, this, the so opening yeah. of this, yes. I could almost imagine, yeah. like after the big opening, uh, Robert Plant coming in and singing. Yes, yeah. and then once again, it, it just makes it. A di- it would be a different thing than it wouldn't be Smashing Pumpkins without yeah. Billy coming. There's in. a Zep. There's a Zep feel in here. For yeah, sure. yeah, there is for sure. And this has good examples of like him bending words and stuff too, like the way he pronounces stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And do, do any of you know why it's called, why the name of it's why it's called Rhinoceros? I don't. Barry, did you? I do not know. Okay, well, I don't either, but <laughs> there's a Billy, no, but there's a Billy Corgan quote that's, that I think sort of explains it, because he said... This you is, can't see me shaking my head. No, listen, he says, say you write, this is Billy Corgan, say you write a song about a chandelier, and the chandelier gives off light. And the light is the color red, and red reminds you of the color you're not supposed to wear around a bull. So you name the song Cow. Nice. So <laughs> what are you supposed to start? So whatever convoluted thing he did, he came up with rhinoceros. Well, you know, you're not song. you're not supposed to start fires where there's rhinoceroses because they will come over and stomp them out. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> what, was that? Yep. what movie was that? Uh, the, the gods must be crazy. Gods must be crazy. Uh, Chris has got with 100 points for the. Uh, the exact reference I was going for. <laughs> so I know you're, you're Chris. You're not really into lyrics, and it's well, funny, yeah. Barry. Uh, did you try looking up lyrics for this song? Because well, it, I'm looking at them. I and found well. On, it depends on what site because I saw one site they have the opening line as panda snow, a panda show, and in the other one they have planned a show. And what does it say on the record? Well, I have the, yeah, I have the liner notes. He's got the tiny, so tiny. Is notes. it? Well, is it? Uh, see. Right now, says uh, panda show. Pan- oh, it is uh, Panda, Panda Show. Panda okay, show. so someone yeah. has Panda Show. Balloons, That's ice wrong. Cream snow. Um, but just enjoy the, the guitars and drums break. in this song, right? And who the fuck cares what he's saying? True. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, the lyrics are very abstract, I think, I, well, for most they're of abstract. it. Yeah. I think he's trying to create a feeling, and so whatever it is that he uses to make that feeling is that it's the words he uses, that it doesn't have to make sense. It's just when it's something that creates this... 
this the sensation that he wants you to have. Yeah, I think exactly. You're exactly yeah. right. I mean, I think a, a, this song and a lot of the songs are like love songs, kind of, or it's just like almost a poem. Like, oh, you know, you know, he's talking about how he wants things to go with a right, certain right. girl or yeah, maybe just like right. a, you know, theoretical person. Yeah. I'm guessing, I have no, nothing to back this up, but I'm guessing Billy didn't have much luck with the ladies in, like earlier when he was younger. I don't, know. Just I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know much he's about... He's six foot four, right? He's really tall. He's tall, kind of <laughs> gangly. He's into wrestling and guitars. Probably not much of a ladies man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're getting that. <laughs> Bob Mould. He might have... Uh, Ian Bob. Oh, well, I no. mean, are you a ladies man, Kelsey? All right. <laughs> Um, I think yeah, he, you guys know that he owns his own like wrestling league. Yeah, that's right. He bought a wrestling. Yeah, he's an inter- He's an interesting guy. He's one of these guys. It, it's it, it's it's. He's been on Alex Jones several uh, times. No, he's his own worst enemy, really. But I know I I oh, admire. Yeah, the, yeah, there's something uh, I admire about him: the fact that he he like he just. He definitely, when you hear interviews of him and stuff, he's definitely not trying to hide shit. I mean, he's definitely trying. He, Sometimes it's okay to hide stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Some stuff maybe he should be. Yeah, I think he's very into UFOs and yeah, and that's, you know. But I'm into UFOs. I love I think, UFOs, you know, but and shit. I mean, yeah, I me too. Real, totally, but I'm not going to talk believe. about it. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it because people are going to be like, "You're fucking nuts." I, right. Yeah. People are going to judge you the way they judge. Smash I would love to see a UFO, but I have not seen a UFO. You know. That's the deal. I hear you. All right, so we get to number four song. Bigfoot, is, that's I'm how not, I feel about Jesus. Bigfoot, all I got to do is strip down and look in the fucking mirror, buddy. Sasquatch <laughs> is staring me in the face. All right, this song, <laughs> Bury Me, is the, this is the heaviest song, I think, on the record, right? This is song, yes. Bury Me, has got this, the riffage, the extreme riffage. Uh, he did. He wrote this about me, too. <laughs> And uh, love him or hate him, like uh, like I said before, Billy is an amazing guitar player. And this song, and I feel like this song. Tall guy with a beard just walked past. <laughs> Disapproving. If you listen to he this, did. he was. If you listen, look. especially this specific song, "Bury Me," it's a blueprint for the '90s and 2000 uh, indie metal bands like like Hum yeah, and yeah. Muse and yep. Silver Sun Pickups. Yep. It's the blueprint for it because it's got all that on there, you know. I feel like Silver Sun Pickups gets mentioned. Comparing to Smashing Pumpkins, I just don't see it. You don't see it, really? I mean, they have, they had one hit song, and and I listened to more of it, and I didn't like any of it. No, well, I'm not saying you should like them. We're I'm not, not saying, saying it's good. No. I just don't even think it's I mean, it never, it never reminded me of the Smashing Pumpkins. Right? Really? Yeah, no, it, it, to me it does, definitely. And, uh, yeah, and the other bands I mentioned, and just, they, they definitely... Uh, forged her own little trail and I don't know why it is Jordan when we came here tonight can I say that Jordan said that you're uh, that someone uh, someone who uh, here comes the bus he's gonna throw you under it no no no, no. Jordan said uh, someone else and uh, that has a business close to yours was saying oh yeah you guys are doing that smashing oh, crap oh no, really? yeah, I didn't hear that part she, oh no, no, no you weren't no, no. there Jordan was saying yeah that she just was totally oh, dissing oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, but yeah. The she's funny, doing a different type of music no but the funny thing was I thought oh okay so she She's one of these like snob, any snob. She's probably into like Sonic Youth and shit, and she hates that. But no, he said no. She's into like hair metal. She likes Bon Jovi and shit. Yeah, so she go. was coming at them at a totally different angle, you know. But it's like the, they get hated from both. They get hated from the too cool for school people, like like Barry and Susan, for example. And then they get. I, I have, we were, we were I have spoken it. positively about Bon Jovi on the show. <laughs> now I'm talking about Bon Jovi. Well, we about, about you know, <laughs> well, this record in general that Susan hasn't really listened to it, and she like liked it. You know, I'm, she, I'm, yeah. I'm Sure, yeah, yeah. No, I think that this is a good, a great example. If you don't think you like the Smashing Pumpkins, give yeah. this record a listen. Yeah, I agree. And it might change your mind. That's good. 
I might good. like, like their Billy other Corgan needs well. needs more yeah. money. And their <laughs> other records are very different. So this and, and uh, Siamese Dream are, are pretty similar, but everything else from that is so different. It yeah. is. It well, is. Like the only other song that I think about of theirs that I really dig a lot. Was that song 1979? Yeah, oh, which sounds kind of like Sonic Youth. So yeah. like Sonic Youth. So yeah. there was a wasn't a song. stretch there. Yeah, right. it really is. All right, so we get to number five song is Crush, and this is another really okay. I have a theory about this song. Lush song. What's your theory? Okay, so we had the discussion on the way up here, driving up Third uh, uh, Avenue, and I said it sounds like a love song, like the feeling you have your when you're in love. Right, that's you think that's what he's describing. Right. My theory is he's describing heroin, and it's this feeling shivers down your spine. Love comes in colors I can't deny, and all that matters is love, love, love. You wrap your arms around a feeling that surrounds like liquid peppermint. Just taste the dreams that she sent. I, I. This is about a drug. I, I see. There's, I don't think there's a lot of drug reference kind of no. stuff in this uh, album, or like even in their well, music. Maybe I'm just projecting because well, I know that there was some of issue with being that was being it, a, not with Billy though. With but being 15 years old yeah. and listening to this record, it was to me it was more like being in love with like oh, as a teenager, right. and like these weird feelings. You're like, holy yeah. shit! Like you're so in love, but you have no idea what you're even fucking doing. Right, like, right. Yeah. Uh, this actually we, we played the song uh, at our wedding when we walked out. Oh, oh yeah. wow! Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. All right. So it's not about hair. I love you, Natalia. I, I take it back. A nice way to ruin his wedding song, Barry. Good <laughs> no, job. No, but I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't. It's not about drugs because of that. But I, I, to me, it reminds me of being 15, 16 years old and just being like, oh, what are these feelings of just weirdness and music and uh, Actually, in reading, did, have you guys heard? I read a, a couple of places that people speculated that there was as, some acid taking involved with the uh, record too. Yeah, it could That's, be. There's speculation. <clears throat> Maybe yeah. I've never heard really any. I mean, besides you know. Uh, I guess Darcy one of our guests, going off the edge. I should want to interrupt. One of our guests is here. To, another podcast guest is actually now a television star. Oh, uh, uh, that's right. Tim, Tim Moffat. Yeah. Check, Check, please. please South Tim Florida. Florida. And it's his 40th birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Tim. Oh, yeah, happy we love birthday, you. Tim. We do love you, Tim. Uh, but stop trying to take over our podcast. Um, <laughs> He's coming back. <laughs> He's on the get schedule. Your own episode. All right. We get to song number six, Suffer. And I realize I want to get an audience participation thing going. So uh, we have a mic out there. Uh, uh, Speaking of this Tim song, Moffat, he said it for the mic. This I'm Smashing sure. Pumpkin. No, he's, I don't think he's going to know this because he's too young. Think that's going to stop him? This smashing, yeah, he's, a year, he's a year younger than me. Oh, but, this Smashing Pumpkin song is called Suffer. What local uh, South Florida band, uh, they're not around anymore, but they were around like in the 90s, had a song called Suffer. First one up the mic gets it. That record got me high sticker. Forget the name. Thank you, Barry. Tony Landa <laughs> gets you, Tony it. You Landa. Gotta, come, come get your sticker. Get your the name of the band is Forget the Name? Sticker. Yes. Yeah, the name of the band was Forget the Name. Mm. See, I'll you're never too young that. to know that. Tony Landa will that. be appearing on an upcoming episode <laughs> for talking about our first <laughs> heavy metal record. So so this part of the record has like three songs in a row that really don't rock. They're very like low-key and they have like they sort of meander and for me I, I sort of got into it but Chris you, you had mentioned uh, when we had our little break you had mentioned listening to this in headphones maybe maybe high a little maybe actually yeah, high I mean I'm no I'm not shy I love weed um, yeah. it should like be weed. legal yeah. universally yeah that's why your parents thought you weren't going to mount to anything <laughs> well I didn't always love weed so that's the thing I went. To, I was also you know I went to paramedic school and firefighter academy and stuff oh, and I couldn't you? smoke weed for years oh, so. I didn't know that. and then now oh, I own you. a bar I can do whatever I want that's right Yay! <laughs> and I think everybody should smoke weed. It's good for you. Yeah, there you go. Public service message. Everything in moderation. 
so yeah, this part, but this takes a little more a little deeper for me to get into it, but I did get in. Yeah. In this song, the lyric, I kind of like the lyrics in this. I feel like Billy is being a little more self-reflective when he's saying, uh, all that you suffer is all that you are, all that you smother is all that you are. And you're saying, you're seeing, you're saying who you are. What takes meaning is cleaning the meaning of who you are. Well, of all, all of your struggles beneath your disguise, drink from the reasons that hold you alive. To ascend from the wounds of desire and pain, you must rise from the mounds of desire and change. Yeah, maybe he's self-reflective. I, or maybe he's read uh, uh, Khalil Gibran. I feel like his ego hadn't developed yet. Pink Floyd. Susan's <laughs> a Pink Floyd. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think a lot of the lyrics in, in these songs, and Gish specifically, he hasn't, he hadn't been too egotistical yet and hadn't had the success <laughs> yet. So I, I feel like a lot of it is like true, like meant to be sweet and meant to be like, yeah. you know, reflective yeah. or... You know, talking about someone, I'm so, like, I don't want to be this way. I'm going to give you some time. You know, right, and like, right, right. So who knows? So you write. Do you think that helped you relate? Well, one of the reasons why you related to it so much, why you were drawn to it, or I know. I mean, I, I've all. I, I really do like. Uh, no, it's just it, it gives you. It's a good feeling record. I mean, I, it makes me think of love and you know, learning you know new things. It's right. very experimental. It's like and, and going from such sweet soft stuff and then just like heavy droney. Dun, yeah, dun, yeah. Done. Like I love that so much. Where it's just like you're sad and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, it's okay to listen to sad music because it's still heavy. <laughs> like. So you, know? you said. So you said you guys played Crush. At, it was your yeah, wedding Crush, song. Yeah, I was like, the, like my wife walked out to that, I and mean, whatever that means. But is your wife her. into? Is your wife into this? She is as a much huge, as you? yeah, huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. Oh, that's fan. awesome! I didn't um, know whether you bullied her into it. Would you record your no, 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 no. no. It was very. I mentioned. It, I think I mentioned it maybe, and uh, she was like, "Yeah, hundred percent. Let's do oh, that." Oh, nice. She's a little bit more. She's also into this. You know, she likes all more of the Smashing Pumpkins records than I do, probably. Oh, okay. She she's definitely into the further catalog. More than I am. Right, right. Um, we just were in Colorado last year, and, and uh, her and her cousin Noemi got to go see them live, and they did a lot of, of the old stuff, and they said it was amazing. So. Right. I still, I will say, even that, that album, that album that With made James them huge, Hunt. that Melancholy double yeah. album that sold, by the way, that sold 30 million records wow. they sold of that record. So that's why, even if you think you've never listened to that record, you have, you because all those songs are Yeah, there was like three singles off that were hits, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tonight, but that song, Tonight Tonight, with the yeah, strings and everything, beautiful. it's, it's really song. good. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful song. It really is. I, I, I will never say that's not a great song. All right, so then we get to another song with a quiet opening, Snail, which this is an awesome song. This is song. probably my favorite song on the record. Is it really? It's hard to go, you know, like, I like them all. I really do. Right. I like them all a lot. And this, I just, I, it's, for some reason, this one always catches my attention. I feel like the lyrics are really psychedelic and abstract yeah very, this is one of their very so yeah yes. so, so I never even thought of them as a psychedelic band because I wasn't really into psychedelic music I guess right, in high school right. dude there's a lot of psychedelic <laughs> now I am into psychedelic right? music and, and yes. imagery and stuff yeah, yes. yeah there is 13th and, floor and elevators six, yeah, and shit like and, that and, like, and 60s like Jefferson Airplane yeah. stuff and Steppenwolf <laughs> Uh, there, oh, there's a b- fucking Born to Be Wild. Is there's one song that's got like the Born to Be Wild, the riffs in there. I'm like, I'm not fucking Born to Be Wild. Yeah. So yeah, he's listened to a lot of '60s music. For yeah, sure. this one's yeah, probably the most psychedelic to this point. I think there's a right. couple after. Flower. He mentioned the flower. The, the pain will wash away when the sun shines, climbs through your window into your bed. And then, but it starts <laughs> out quiet, but then it comes in and. And Jimmy Chamberlain has some crazy yeah, building drums, drum and fucking heavy guitar. And oh yeah, my god! So when it starts rocking, uh, this song is this amazing song. It really is. I'll tell yeah. you. And I never, like I said, I'd never listened to this record all the way through before. I knew some of the songs from it, but uh, yeah, this. Song. Yeah, I think like the last, like that last, for the flower save the hours, flower. 
<clears throat> away, and then what you wait for, Flower Chase the Sunshine. Like that last like part of it after the heavy guitar yeah. comes in, it's just you're like, holy shit! Like, and it's beautiful, it? and it's like yeah. what I love because it's so like different. heavy. Yeah, it's heavy but still beautiful, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's great. And I Snail, mean, it makes great. no fucking sense. So it's, it's, it's a great. <laughs> it's well, rhinoceros. Sorry, sorry, Snail. What you, you wait for? The, you got the rhinoceros. You have the snail. <laughs> so what's the snail about? Yeah, I don't know. And now we it's get, not about snails. Apparently. And now we get to uh, a Tristessa. Which, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, my God, what a name, Tristessa. But then uh, that it's like some kind of st- stupid, like, indie girl name. It's a Kerouac. It's, a ca- it's bo- from Jack Kerouac, right? Short yeah. Short uh, bo- uh, story or something. A novella. It's taken yeah, from a, a Jack, uh, Jack Kerouac novella. I'm not much of a reader. Mexico City. And it's based on his relationship with a Mexican prostitute uh, named Tristessa. Yeah. And, but except the wo- woman's real name was... Esperanza, which means hope in Spanish, but Kerouac changed her name to Tristessa, which means sadness in Spanish and Portuguese. Oh, you know. So of course it means sadness. Of course Billy wants the sadness one, uh, the song that means sadness. And this was a sub-pop. This is crazy because this song was a sub-pop single of the month uh, before this record came out. And this is not a band you would picture on Sub Pop. Like, no, no weren't, weren't not, they on not Car- I thought they were on Caroline. Were they on- they, this record's on Caroline, but before this song was a Sub Pop single of the month before, oh, boy, and they re recorded it for Gish. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Jack Kerouac lived near my house in Orlando with his mom in a little uh, subdivision called Kingswood where we used to party in high school. Cool. Nice. Uh, he was not. Had, he was dead by then. Just oh, so we're not there. Say, <laughs> you could have asked him about Tristessa. Yeah. Uh, do you ever wake up and find yourself Jack? alone? Hey man, what's up, man? Whoa. Hey, open, come come to the door. Come to the door. It's cool. <laughs> do you ever wake far from home? What do you believe you wish to receive? I won't believe in you, Tristessa. Tristessa. Uh, so Billy, yeah, Billy obviously was drawn. I'm sure Billy read it. Maybe read it in high oh, school. This, okay. Do you ever wake up and find yourself alone? Do you ever wake up far from home? <laughs> this is totally random. I had a girl in high school I was friends with who had sleepwalking so bad she would wake up in city parks and park benches uh-huh. in the morning and like no idea how she got there. Oh, so, that, this must be about her. Yeah, that's actually scary. I actually, that was it was that was like I actually worried about her. I still worry about her today. No, I would, <laughs> that's definitely something to worry about. That's not cool. No. Um, well, it's kind of cool actually. All right, so we get to the ninth song. I don't is she did? She definitely did not see it that way. Uh, we get to Window Pane, which is another dreamy, slow opening. And what is Window Pane? Also, a kind of what is LSD? Well, oh, yeah. Window Pane. LSD. Oh, that's right. Okay, so there is. There's definitely a little L. Up. Oh, there's the train again. Train. That's the fast one. Train. Fright line. Fright line. Yeah, the fright line. Murder train. And ba- Barry, all right, so what song, the beginning of it, what did, did it remind you of, that thing? What is it basically? Oh, did you get it? Uh, no. If I go. say it to you, you're going to know it. Okay, go. Link Ray. Oh, really? Rumble. It sounds uh, like Rumble. Just... Uh, uh, okay, da, yeah, okay. It's that slow, it's the same thing as Link Ray's Rumble. Uh, and you're right. It, but then it builds, and then it's got... Sab- all right, did you get Black Sabbath in this one? Yeah, like some of the quieter, like the yeah, the, the chiller song. Yes. Well, like but the, in this song in particular, when they get that outro and stuff, uh, I got Sabbath. I got Black Sabbath. In there's it. Sabbath in here, and um, there's also there's just the thing we were discussing was that there's a way more classic rock references on this record than there are punk rock references. For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's absolutely. not really in. He's too. 
much of a guitar guy, I think, to do. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. That's probably what it is. Yeah, I mean... Ramones, he probably heard the Ramones and go, what the Uh, fuck is this? Well, I mean, you know, the Ramones are a little bit different story than most punk rock fans. True, think, true, but, but um, I know what you mean. But, you know, I, like, again, it goes back to me never thinking of Billy Corgan as a guitar god. And then now, you know, so my wife wanted me to mention this story. It's like they lost, a, here's this yellow guitar from this record, Gish, right. um, that he, that was stolen on tour at some point in the 90s. Right. And he never got it back. And then, re, like, recently, like 2018 or 17, he someone you know he's always had leads on it you can watch on youtube whatever but you know he's always like oh everybody's like oh i found your guitar i found your guitar i have it i have it and it was was all bullshit it was like people trying to replicate it and he's like i know it's my fucking guitar i know when i see it and he's such a crazy person you know right so he finally some guy's like oh look we found this guitar in the attic and it's exactly we think it's your guitar and he's like okay i've been through this a dozen times Let's check it out. And it was like, I knew right away that this is the, oh, and the got guitar. guitar back? So now he's like, you know, and he played, I, I wish I should have wrote it down what songs he played with it, but uh, on this album. But On the newest one, because they just did a record. Well, not the with... newest album, but, but they're just touring again and playing a lot of the old oh, stuff. Oh, okay. So okay, now he's like, okay. fuck, instead of using a pedal to make this guitar sound, I have the guitar now. He's got and I have guitar. the pedal. And oh, like, that's you know, awesome. Just, I mean, yeah. if you're into guitar, I'm not, like, again, I'm not a musician, but if you're in, I mean, I'm into just music in general, I guess, but like watching him talk about pedals and guitar sounds it's pretty I go with your theory of that he's too much of a good music like he's if you were really cares about the guitar sound yeah yeah if you're a guitar god guy punk rock is not what you're gonna go for and he's you know and I think for such an egotistical person he doesn't go I mean besides controlling the tracks and having 14 (laughs) layers on a a song and playing all the guitar but he doesn't like go off in these crazy you know no 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 you know know, not every song is a solo and it's like no you know sometimes it's appropriate I don't want to go watch a guy play 14 songs with no lyrics just Jerking off on his guitar. I mean, people like yeah. that. I, that's not my thing. But this, right, you know, right. noodling. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. yeah, there's something behind it all. And uh, yeah, he's just yeah, he's a really good musician. He's he obviously he's a great musician and he's a great songwriter. I mean, he's written some great yeah, songs. Yeah, I think this song's But amazing. I think I think the thing is he wanted, which most people, a lot of guys do. They want to have a band. They want to have a band thing. But he didn't really. He couldn't give up any control to other people that he's playing with. He still wants all the control. Yeah. And he who likes, knows if you're a band? I don't think they were in the band very long before they took off so it's like sometimes you get lucky like I think Frank Black his first band was oh the yeah Pixies, no well, they think, were 88 right? they were like 80. all of a sudden you're like fuck like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. they, now we gotta do this right. uh, they, started, they started the band in 88 and by 91 after they put that Sub Pop single all of a sudden there were labels like yep. in a war in a bidding yep. war for them Yep. and they ended up signing with yeah Caroline. right place right time too but not to, not to take anything away from them but yeah I mean everything else right, all those right. other grunge bands no but they up. they definitely I wouldn't put them uh, right I wouldn't say they're grunge either you know no and that's no, why I'm saying I wouldn't say alternative I guess because there are a lot of bands that jumped on that bandwagon and put out maybe one record or two or and then he never record. heard from yeah, them right. because yeah. labels were signing left and right yeah. any band that had like flannel shirt and <laughs> <the> jeans <laughs> well yeah. a, a typical like a prototypical grunge band who were actually great was like the band Tad yeah, from Seattle. I was going to say Tad. Tad. Yeah, <laughs> like, like kind of not necessarily a one-hit wonder, but no, like if, you're, if you weren't into the grudge scene, you probably don't know who no, Tad, Tad is. No, Tad's right, right, right. And they were great. Right or like Mookie Blaylock or whatever. That was like the early Pearl Jam <laughs> stuff. And like, yeah, yep. those guys all got lucky. Like Eddie Vedder got lucky because someone died and he was got in the right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Hear that? And not that he's not talented. Lucky. I like it. I, mean, I, I like Pearl Jam. Tony Landa will come in and fight you right now. Pearl Jam hater. I do not. Yeah, I don't follow a lot of the current stuff, but I do. We can't. Tony Landa. Would never accept it. <laughs> All right, so we're at the final song of this record. It's Daydreaming. Darcy gets to sing. Yeah. And uh, it's awesome, actually. Very sweet. She's got a sweet, Is pretty voice. Is this the last time she gets to do the 
lead vocal? She's done that. Did, did she do it's co vocal. She doesn't do all the vocals. Well, yeah, because the thing is, she gets to do her little. She gets to the sing intro. the song Daydream, which is a real pretty song, and it's got strings. And uh, but it's it's his song. Billy yep. wrote the song. My daydream seems as one inside of you, though it seems hard to reach through this life. Your blue and hopeless life. My daydream screams bitter till the end. The love I share, true, selfish to the heart. My heart. My sacred heart. And then you think it's over, and then it's quiet for like a minute. And then Billy, of course, Billy has to get the last word. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole, the whole I'm Going Crazy is credited as another song also, I think. Yeah, it is. Which like leads hidden, into it. Like so it's like, yeah, it's like a hidden almost, track, right? which is cool. I mean, those are always fun. And Bill, very it is 90s. fun. And Billy's going crazy, which I think is, I think he said like later on in the record that he did feel like he was going crazy. And it seems like he probably spent a lot less time on the song because he wasn't the main <laughs> focus of it. Because there's not a lot of dynamics to either of those no, two songs, that, you know, that I guess are considered maybe one track. But yeah, I mean, he's like, okay, you sing your part now. But. Do you remember the first time you listened to this? I was kind of like I I had never heard this record before. So when it got real quiet, I kind of expected it to come come in yeah. with like this rock. Yeah, no, it was kind of an, like a and weird ending does. to the album. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't because he does it and then it just ends. Yeah, and there were never... there were a lot of B sides I think to this album, and it's and it's weird that they picked these two songs to be the finale. I think because there's a lot of other really really great. B-sides that went on to other albums. Yeah, there was that could right? that were in this era that could have been on the. Right. Not to take. I mean, whatever. These are definitely the, my least favorite two track or one track, right. or whatever but on it the was album because really it's, it's just unfinished. It was obviously thing. what he what he whatever decided what he wanted. But there, no. I read there's a great quote I read some writer. I don't have the writer who wrote it. But uh, regarding Billy Corgan, I don't have the exact quote. I'm just paraphrasing. <laughs> no, I have the exact quote. I don't know the writer. I have the exact quote, Barry, Mr. Wise Guy, and it's uh, regarding Billy getting the last word. It said. Fans who felt at this point that Corgan could have used an editor were in for years of frustration. <laughs> because it's like you don't, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, right. Um, That's right. But I mean, like, we, I think we kind of briefly talked about it before. It's like what rock star, or whatever you want to call it, isn't egotistical or isn't right. like, That's how you like that's there. the whole point of being a rock and roll Correct. star. Like, we, we, you know, I do a post on like Instagram or Facebook, and I like them immediately. And people are like, why do you like your own post? I'm like, that's the fucking point. So <laughs> the most likes okay. is the point of a fucking interesting. Interest. Do you do that, Chris? Self, I, I do. I 100. Uh, I'm not, totally I am judging not, you right I am now. Too. I'm not I'm, a, why would you not like your own post? Why would I post it? I'm not going to. I'm not going to post something I don't like. People can see. Oh, Barry Stock liked his own fucking. Yeah, post. duh. Why did you post it? You're the Billy Corgan of social media. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got more likes than you. <laughs> yeah, sure, I got one more, more like than everybody who <laughs> won't like their own shit. So fuck you. I don't care. That's awesome. I think it's dumb. Chris. My wife started doing it. She thinks it's funny. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> I bet a lot of things you do, your wife thinks it's funny. There's uh, a narwhal. There's a narwhal <laughs> drinking her beer painted on the bless wall of this of this. Yeah, room. that's Jordan Bellis original art right there. I think. Uh, oh, Eric, oh, actually, no. Eric Arenas. Eric Arenas and my brother Jordan did that. Is your brother an artist too? He's great, man. Yeah, I'm he still does team all Chris. social I'm still media. Team Chris. <laughs> well, he's yeah. He doesn't, you haven't met him as much, but he does a lot of the social media. He, he does all the graphic. Me. I've images. met him a couple times. He hasn't impressed me that much, <laughs> to be honest. He's not here to defend himself. All right, Chris. Thank you so much for awesome. being our guest, and thank, thank you, you for being our host. Let's give it up one more time for Chris Bellis from Laser Wolf, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll clap for myself too. We yeah, love. Yeah, of course. You you like your own post. Like of course, you're going to clap. I like what I say. If you ask me. Um, that, I think me and Barry both will say we got a, a new appreciation, especially I, I'm glad, yeah. Record. I mean, yes. I really, you know, like we talked about doing Bleach maybe. It was like, you know, another one of my, you know, Nirvana. Sure. But uh, right. I think this was a, 
a well, good album. Today. I'm glad. There's I'm really the future. Happy. The future is hey, still man. out there, man. I will yeah. always talk. <laughs> future. What a profound thing to say. The future is still out there. That's, I stole this from an Ed Wood movie. That's <laughs> a, from Plan Nine. The future is a thing. That's awesome. All right, Barry. So what, what do we got? We, what do we got next week? Uh, we have a bandmate of mine, Mr. No, okay, John Mahoney. <laughs> oh, awesome. So we're doing Killing Joke so, with John you Mahoney? What I have to put up with? Yes. The first Killing Joke album with John Mahoney. Awesome. That's great. That's even better than what I and thought. And John is doing. a very, very interesting cat. Yeah, just ask him and he'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> he probably likes his own stuff. I don't know. He might, actually. We'll ask him. Oh, definitely. That's a question. Faux pas. But... It is. <laughs> actually, I mean, it's so, not. Whatever. I don't know. We still love you, Chris. We I'm still like you. I'm still I'm Team Chris. I'm Team Chris to the end. <laughs> until I die. All right. Well, this has been awesome. Thank People you so go, much. probably go, oh, Chris liked his own post. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> no one's ever said anything except he for my wife, which is like, know. no, that's how it goes. Yeah, your wife may have a point. Man, All right. So once again, uh, thanks, everyone, for coming. This is That Record Got Me On. Once again, that is Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba, we'll who's not, who's not going to say anything racist. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Not on air. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much. That's all right. I even, I even happen. You, uh, well, well, here's what you did. You you got after me for being scatterbrained outside, and then you know it always comes back to bite you when you say shit like that. Everything I do comes back to bite you. That's the story of my life. Yeah.